1: Buckeye Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in.
2: Welcome back. Happy Monday. It's Buckeye Talk, a new week. It's May. It's exciting. Flowers are blooming. The world is still shut down, but we appreciate you being part of our podcast. Five days a week. Hard to believe that we are now doing this so often that I am almost, but not quite, getting sick of hearing my own voice. Doug Marie, Stephen Means, Nathan Baird, your Ohio State coverage team from cleveland.com. Here's what we're doing today. We nonsensed it up on Friday. We're going to have nonsense in the back half of this pod, the second half of the fast food bracket in the second half of the pod. But big, heavy, hearty football talk to start it off. The one player in the nation you would add to this Ohio State team for 2020. They're loaded. They've got a lot of talent, but if you're trying to win a national title, where would you maybe add one dude, Stephen Means, before we get into it, as you just kind of started to think about it, did you think about it more in where is the position where I think Ohio State could use a little boost, or did you mostly think about, man, there's a dude out there in the world who's just so talented, I would want him on this OSU team? I thought more with need, because with a lot of those, oh, there's a dude out there
0: who's just so talented. Ohio State's pretty set at that position. There was a guy that came to mind when I was thinking about it from that aspect, but you know that would be in the wide receiver room, which is already pretty deep and got four- and five-star guys all over it. So you have to go with need with a team that's
2: this talented. Nathan, how did you go about it? Did you, did you go OSU need?
1: I went OSU need combined with where it could hurt an important oh. opponent in 2020 if 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 that player if that need could be filled by an elite player from someone on ohio state schedule i thought that that was probably the best combination and i think i found i found two really good options and i picked one
2: so you're not just thinking about you're like trey sermoning it trey sermoning it up a little bit like you're not just adding the guy it's not like we're cloning i guess that's part of the discussion are we cloning the player and putting the clone on Ohio State? Or this guy is just like hopping in the portal and deciding to be a Buckeye? Nathan, he's hopping in the portal in your mind, right?
1: That's, yeah, that's what the exercise was. Like you're taking a player. Um, it's like they're being raptured over to Ohio State. Like you're just removing them and placing them onto Ohio State's roster. And, they're, and taking them off of whatever roster they were on before.
2: I know that we're all kind of sick of the portal. I kind of like the idea of calling it the transfer rapture. we want to go that place. Well,
1: not everybody gets raptured though. Some people go in the portal and end up at lesser schools.
2: Yeah, that's true. If you're like a good player at a medium school and like you can transfer to Ohio State or Alabama, you're getting college football raptured there. Um, All right, so I always appreciate things like this because as we have covered on this podcast from time to time, I don't know what I'm talking about outside of Ohio State football. So I wanted to search a list of Like, I think I Googled good college football players for 2020. That's how I do research on this podcast. So Athlon Sports does have a post from March, and I want to give credit to Athlon Sports because, thanks, bro. Uh, Steve Lassen, Steven Lassen posted this on March 2nd. It is headlined, College Football's Early Top 50 Players for 2020. And kind of, like, Steven, to your point, as you're trying to go through this, like, I think if you did this exercise with any other team in college football other than Ohio State, would not the answer be Trevor Lawrence for, like, almost anybody else unless the answer was Justin Fields? Like, Trevor, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is number one on this list from Athlon. Justin Fields is number two this would be the most boring exercise in the world for any other team other than Ohio State and Clemson because they'd take one of those two guys.
0: Yeah, literally. And that's why with those two schools, it is kind of like, okay, this team is – we have that. We have what the number one option would be for every single other college football team in the country, but we've also got talent everywhere else, which is why you almost have to look at it as, okay, what's the weakest position in a – on a team of 85 scholarship guys that are all extremely talented, what's the weakest position group? That's what you have to look at it like that because of it.
2: So they're one, two on this list, third on this list from Athlon. And I think this makes sense. I think he would be third on many lists is this Penny Sewell guy. Is it Penny? Is it Peeny? What's the guy, the left Panay. tackle for Oregon? Penet. It's Panay. He's third. So. So, like, left yeah. tackle – and, again, it's also about premium position, which is the kind of thing I talk about with the Browns all the time. It's not just about how good you are. It's how good you are and how important your position is. Left tackle, pretty big deal. Like, is, would he be in the mix at all? Or when you think about upgrading the Buckeyes, even a guy that good who might be a top five NFL draft pick, is he not enough of an upgrade over Thayer, Munford, Nathan? Would you even consider a guy like that?
1: He he was a name that came to mind, but at the end of the day, that was the determining factor was, does he help you more at left tackle than someone else will help
2: you at another position? And I decided, no, he would not. The guy who is, uh, I'm not going to say who's fourth on this list, because the guy who's fourth on this list, I think might be the guy that I take. But Nate, Stephen, you kind of talked about this. Fifth on this list is Jamar Chase, the receiver from LSU. Mm -hmm. And there's some good receivers out there. Guy who's ninth on this list is... My man, Rondale Moore, um, as a slot receiver. Let's see. The other receivers on this list, Devonta Smith, sure Devonta Smith from Alabama might be the best receiver at Alabama, and Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs just were top 20 picks in the NFL draft. Smith might be better than either of them. Um, any real consideration to a guy like Jamar Chase, Steven?
0: No. Uh, he, uh, because of what Ohio State's room looks like. If if it wasn't so deep with talent, the way Ohio State is right now, then Jamar Chase probably is number three or four. You take on that list, but because of the talent, like Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, the four freshmen, there's enough talent in that room that Jamar Chase isn't as no, uh, as much of a need as it would be. Say if you know if this was last year's receivers room where the talent isn't as great as it is in 2020.
2: Would it not, Nathan, Jamar Chase would be the best receiver on Ohio State's team, though. Would it not be possible that to give Justin Fields a weapon like that and all of a sudden we're talking about your starting receivers being Jamar Chase, Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson in the slot? Is it at least a consideration or do you agree with Stephen that there's enough depth in Ohio State's receiver room that that's just not at all where you would go? That would be really intriguing.
1: To me, though, I didn't really even think that long about offense at all I was really thinking more defense because uh, as we've talked about before that's where they're I think at a, a couple of places they're more dire not dire but like more concern right more more potential that even if the roster stays fully healthy that there could be some soft spots that get exploited I feel like this offense is going to score a ton of points regardless I think they've got they've got receivers and, and more importantly than that you'd also be blocking somebody that whose long-term development it would probably help to be able to play this season. Even if they're not stellar yet, they get to kind of grow into that grow into a bigger role. And I, I just felt like they needed more help on defense.
2: All right. So along those lines, if, if Nathan is clearly not going offense, I don't want to give your pick away yet either, Stephen, but I think running back is a consideration on this list. Number six player in the country for Athlon sports is Travis ATM, the running back from Clemson. Number seven is Chuba Hubbard, the running back from Oklahoma State. Steven, consideration for either of them in your mind?
0: High consideration. And it's simply because Trey Sermon, they add Trey Sermon, so at least the depth is there. But that's still a room full of unproven guys. And Travis Etienne's a proven running back in college football, and Chuba Hubbard led the nation in rushing yards last year. So you go from unproven where it's like, yeah, I don't know, who – yeah. To, yeah, we know who our starting running back is, and now you're at where you're at. We're at, where at in 2019, where you're not worried about that
2: going in the fall camp. So high consideration. I, I will tell you that uh, PFF.com. They used to call themselves Pro Football Weekly, but I think it's like kind of like KFC. It's not really. For, it's not for Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore. They just want to be KFC. So they're just PFF. But I like those guys. Um, they have a story out that is called. PFF's early list of players to watch ahead of the 2021 NFL draft. So that's not exactly the same as being a good college football player, being an NFL draft prospect. It's like 80% the same, but it's not exactly the same. I will tell you their list at running back, number one, again, running backs to watch for 2021 in the draft. Number one is Travis Etienne. Number two is Chuba Hubbard. Number three is Trey Sermon. So on some level – like, I think we all would agree, before Trey Sermon, they could have used somebody to magically pluck off another team and drop into that running back room, except like, they might have already done it. They might not need Travis Etienne or Chuba Hubbard because they got a guy who's not as good as them, but maybe maybe close enough. I'm a, It's funny, the guy who's fourth on the PFF list is the guy at Oklahoma – who basically made Trey Sermon redundant, which is Kennedy Brooks, the guy who's gonna be, who has been the number one running back at Oklahoma, especially once Trey Sermon got hurt. So I found it very interesting to see Trey Sermon on that list as someone myself who has been lukewarm on the Trey Sermon edition and not crazy about the Trey Sermon edition. So I think running back is interesting. I think receiver is interesting. We're obviously not replacing Justin Field. So let's talk about who we are actually going with Nathan, you clearly are locked in on defense. Who is your player you would add to Ohio State's 2020 team? So I, I, I was torn between two guys, and the
1: one that I finally arrived on was Javon Holland from Oregon, who is a cornerback. Um, and in, in addition to being a cornerback, um, according to Pro Football Focus, according to PFF, excuse me, uh, played over two thirds of his snaps in the slot last season. So my thought was that you can take Sean Wade, move him outside, and then sort of clone or, or replicate another Sean Wade to put back in the slot. Then you only have to come up with some combination of guys or one guy who wins that starting other outside spot. And now all of a sudden, your secondary becomes potentially really impressive again. Um, I, I just That's the one that has lingered out there for me the most. I thought about going edge rusher. But I feel like the depth that they have there and Zach Harrison and Tyree Smith, the upside guys like that have, I think they could come up with enough of a pass rush and and maybe even with the interior guys. I just feel like cornerback is still the spot where no matter what they do as far as developing, you know, these guys staying on course, and these guys being healthy for the fall, they may just not be championship caliber. If you can take a top flight corner and put him there, that makes this defense so much better. And you're also taking away maybe the most important player or one or two most important players on Oregon's defense who you have to play early in the season.
2: Javon Holland did not make the top 50 on the Athlon list, but he did make the just-miss list on defense. This, uh, Your strategy of this, Nathan, you identified corner as the spot where Ohio State could use help, and then you sought – you went to try to find the corner that could not only help Ohio State – but hurt an opponent on their schedule. Is that how you arrived at Holland?
1: I did. And I, and also I was the consideration of the fact that the nickel or the, the slot corner is not just, it's not just nickel. It's not just an extra thing. It's something that's kind of specialized. If you can find a guy who's comfortable and experienced there, in addition to being really talented, kind of like Sean Wade was last year, I think that makes the defense even better than if you're just finding another corner and the, the, the third best corner or whatever ends up in the slot.
2: All right, Stephen, who did you wind up on?
0: I went with the corner two, but not necessarily specifically for the slot. It's just I went with Derek Stingley, the LSU starting cornerback last year, who was number one corner in the country coming, coming out of the five-star kid out of Louisiana. I went with him, and it's because of the simple – like, Sean Wade was great in the slot, but we don't know that that's going to translate to the outside, and – Seven Banks and Cam Brown, like, they can fight it. If those two are your outside, where you have Derek Singley on one side and you have Sean Wade on the other side, who we think is going to be good on the outside, but he hasn't shown that yet with Derek Singley, who we know is going to be good on the outside and probably be in the running for the Thorpe Award next year and be a top 10 pick two years from now when he's eligible. You have that on the outside, and then like you can focus with Seven Banks or Cam Brown or whoever as that slot receiver slot cornerback, at least your outside is good. And that's where it has to start at. Coach Coach talked about you have to start him on the outside before you move him. That's where he starts all of these defensive backs as an outside cornerback. So if that's not taken care of, yes, the slot is important as well. But if you have an outside receiver who's playing well, then it doesn't really matter what's going on in the slot because, you know, you have a weak you have a weak link on the other side of the field. So I went with Derek Stingley
2: as my other outside corner to go with Sean Wade. He's my pick as well. Um he seems elite. He seems like a, a, he's only a true sophomore, so he's not like mm-hmm. he's not on PFF's list cuz he can't be in the 2021 draft. He's going to be like a top 5 or top 10 pick. Like he's like the yeah. next version of he's the next Jeff Okuda. And I do think the idea of while I think Nathan your explanation makes a lot of sense to get a guy who can already play the slot, to me if you had two lockdown first round picks at outside corner and then you told seven banks and Cam Brown You guys have six months to work in the slot and fight to the death to decide who's going to be the starter in there. Like I'd be okay with that too. Um, It's interesting that we all went corner, and I will say I did also look at edge rusher. To me, there's not like there's a guy named Greg Russo at Miami who might be like the best edge rusher um, in this group. Like I, I, when you look at the edge rushers in college football in 2020, it's certain. I think it's possible that like. Good Tyreek Smith or good Zach Harrison will be as good as any edge rusher in college football. At first glance, there's not a Chase Young coming back in college football right now. And then I didn't think there was enough value at linebacker. Excuse me. Like, not ironically, coincidentally, but like also not a surprise. The best linebacker in college football is like the guy that Ohio State maybe could have had and then turned down. Micah Parsons at Penn State, who is number eight on this Athlon list of the best players in college football. Um, I, it's just it's funny when you think about it. As I would I would think harder about Jamar Chase and of adding to a strength and taking the receiver room from like a a really good A minus where you're excited about guys to an A-plus, where it's like, how is anybody going to guard the three guys going in out and around any time? But I understand the idea. I guess it's not surprising that we all wound up on defense. Nathan, you were so strong on defense. Is it just obvious to you that if you're doing an exercise like this, because you have a quarterback like Justin Fields and you're not replacing him, the way this roster is built, you just 100% go defense? Well, and again,
1: but also the depth at receiver is so strong and they've, they've done, I, I thought adding sermon gives them enough options in the backfield that that may not be the most critical position anyway. It just, yeah, to me, it was kind of obvious from the beginning, unless there would, now, now if they had not added sermon, I think maybe running back might've been the call here, right? Because then the the depth would have been so compromised and we don't know enough about who's actually going to be healthy in the fall, assuming there is a fall that you could just go in with what they had. So they maybe are looking at Etienne or um, Chuba or someone else to take that spot, but uh, things are so potentially thin at cornerback. Um, you don't know. It's not that you think that seven banks or cam Brown are bad football players, but if you're trying to build a championship football team, are those guys proven to be championship level? And that's, I just still think cornerback is the one spot where I have still the most question as to whether or not they're vulnerable against a, a team that can really throw the ball and the kind of teams they're going to play at in the, play against in the sec, in the playoff, I should say. Um, and I did want to, I did want to steal someone from Oregon or Penn state if I could, because I thought those were the, the two, if you can compromise those two opponents and while making yourself better, if you're Ohio state, that made the most sense. So I also thought about Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, just because I, another an edge rusher who you could put up there um, and take away their potential, their best edge rushing presence too, when you play that game. The one
0: thing that like, comes we, down to go ahead Stephen. what it, when you the Jamar what it comes down to is with adding Jamar Chase is a like the rich get richer situation while adding you know a cornerback regardless of who it is that's a you know taking maybe you know a middle class group a middle class family and giving them the lottery basically
2: Yeah I do I, I like uh, adding strength strength I think is a good roster building idea sometimes but um, I do think it, that we all landed on corner in the end. Makes a lot of sense. Stephen, if you didn't go corner, what position would you have gone? That you would have tried to add to? Or, or I did, might have
0: gone. Go ahead. Being being unknowing of this P, PFF list, I probably would have gone running back. Just we don't. Trace, I mean, he's shown some flashes, but we don't know. There's too much we don't know with those guys. With while when you look at this top ten list. You know, Chuba Hubbard and Travis EZN are proven guys that we know are going to come in here, and we're not going to be worried about, hey, is this guy going to have a 1,000-yard season next year? While with these – the guys who are in the room right now, while we may think that Jason Sermon is a quality you know, answer to losing J.K. Dobbins and what the room looked like, we can't say that for certain.
2: I do think Chuba is interesting because ATN – we saw ATN up close with Clemson and, and in building up to that Fiesta Bowl game last year. It was clear like ATN, ATN was not the focus of that offense. He had a huge yards per carry um, because he was the secondary complement to Trevor Trevor Lawrence in the passing game. Chuba is a workhorse at like a good but not great program. This Athlon list said he led players last year with seven runs of 50 yards or more. In 2019, he averaged 6.4 yards per carry, had 21 rushing touchdowns, Led the nation with 2,094 rushing yards. I I would be a little curious of like, okay, well, you put that guy in an offense where he has Justin Fields, he has Chris Olave, he has Garrett Wilson, he has an offensive line that's really good. Like maybe that guy even raises his level another notch. And I'm a little curious about Chuba. Um, Interior offensive line, right? We don't know exactly who the the left guard for Ohio State's going to be. When you go through this list and say, okay, well, let's try to find, let's take the best interior offensive lineman in the country. It's Wyatt Davis. Wyatt Davis is number 12 on this athlon list. He's the first interior offensive lineman, the second lineman overall behind Sewell. So it's like one of these things, I mean, it's like this is almost a silly exercise on some level with Ohio State because if you did this with any other Big Ten team, it's like a lot of Big Ten teams, they'd be taking an Ohio State guy. Here I think actually in the end this might be the right answer to this question. If the goal is to make this move under the Nathan Baird rules of you're not just adding him to Ohio State but you're taking him off his current team, what is the number one move that you could make that would help Ohio State's national title path? Do you guys think, Steven?
0: It's probably it probably is taking Travis ATN from Clemson then at that point, because who's Clemson's second best running back?
2: All right, Nathan, who's,
1: so your, if you're vote, taking
0: away who's I, your vote if, for that?
1: I, I think you would take uh, Trevor Lawrence
2: and let him back up, Justin Fields. That's the answer. You take away <laughs> who, is the, who is the number one threat to Ohio State winning the national championship. Who is the number one threat? It's Clemson as a I thought team. we were talking about to actually like play on the field, not just- No, I agree. This away. is the Baird yeah, yeah, yeah. twist on it.
1: We were talking about- <laughs> No, 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 that goes beyond Baird. That's B but, squared.
2: But it's, it's the idea of, the, if the <laughs> thing is, make Ohio State better. If the question is, who's the one player you would add to make Ohio State a better team, right? Then it's not about where he's coming from. It's just, where is their weakness? Who are you adding? If you are legitimately saying, the guy goes in the portal and leaves his quarantine and team and goes to Ohio State's roster. It's a for- it's, it's, it's not a portal because it's forced. It's raptured. He gets right. raptured to Columbus. You're just taking him
0: away and locking him
2: in the locker room all season and not letting him out. Yeah. So the season is over. Number one, you lock him up until Justin Fields gets hurt, and then you put him That's in. True. So you're you're backing up your most important position. And number two, you're hurting. You're you're giving a death blow. Clemson is no longer a national title contender because their backup already transferred. They'd be playing DJ Ugalele. They'd be. I mean, I don't even know who they'd be playing. Chase Bryce went to Duke.
0: They'd be playing. They'd be playing Ugelele, And unless he's Trevor Lawrence 2.0, he's probably not winning a national championship as a true freshman.
2: Which is why, I mean, if you did this to Ohio State, as much as we're all excited about Jack Miller and CJ Stroud, and they're going to be a better backup quarterback than a Gunner Hoke or a Chris Chuganoff was last year. If you if you forced Justin Fields to transfer right now and said okay Ohio State's still the same team but they're starting Stroud or Miller instead of Fields they are no longer one of the four best national championship contenders they're not a thousand percent out of it but that's what you would be doing to Clemson it is a dastardly devious move but honestly if you're doing it that way who can you hurt as much as who you how you can help Ohio State I'd steal I'd steal Trevor. I'd steal Trevor tomorrow. Um, but the point of this is, I mean, it is. It's it's interesting. This roster is good enough. I don't even know that they need, like, more than one. I mean, right? I mean, if you get to some of this stuff, even, like, with the receiver thing, we're basically – we're so, Nathan, let me ask you this. Not in this game, but if Jamar Chase called Ohio State tomorrow and said, I want to transfer to Ohio State for 2020, no strings attached, I just want to come. And 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 that he has, let's just say he has the immediate eligibility. Would you take him, or would you say no thanks? We have young receivers we want to develop. We don't want to throw up the chemistry of the room. We like our guys. We're okay. Thanks, but no thanks.
1: Yes, you would take him.
2: Okay, Steven, and you take him.
1: Yeah, he's kind of, yeah, he's a Buckeye. Okay, what do you to say? I was just because it, also I'm not discounting that LSU can't still be. I mean, they're still gonna be pretty talented this year. So if if you're thinking about you know. N- it's not in that case you would assume he's also not shopping himself just to Ohio state. He's probably shopping. And maybe you're his first call, but if you don't take him, who does, does he go to Michigan? Does he go to Clemson? So you've got, I think in that case, you you would have to take that guy. And,
2: um, and somebody is getting bumped down the list a little bit, but such is life. Chase is be heart or bust baby. He just wants to soak in the lineness of it all. Otherwise he's staying at LSU. Um, Okay, again, yeah, let's start that rumor. So I I think that we're all at corner is – I'm a little surprised. I thought one of us might say running back. Um, But I do think the opportunity – we've seen – Ohio State has proven what happens when you have multiple great corners in a secondary. And so um, it's funny. It's like we're we're trying to steal a corner when on this list, Sean Wade is number – on the athlon list sean wade is number 19 as the best player in college football so it's like oh no ohio state only has the 19th best player in college football at corner let's steal the fifth best player to go with him um it's a reminder of how good um, and how deep and how varied the talent of this ohio state team is certainly some question marks but uh they wouldn't be needing to add too many guys all right let's go now quickly what some of our tech subscribers said to this question. We always like to include the tech subscribers. If you want to be part of this, and be able to interact with the the pod, be a friend of the pod, just send a text to 614-350-3315 and you can get to answer things like which one player would you add to this Ohio State football team in 2020? Here's what some of our texters said. So really three main players mentioned by the texters. I actually put it out to the texters after we discussed it here. So I told the texters that Steven and I picked Stingley and that uh, Nathan picked Javon Holland. So, and I also explained the Nathan line of thinking, which I think is interesting, which adds sort of an interesting layer. It also changes the premise a little bit, but people did sort of get behind the Nathan backing. So three clear people um, got the most amount of votes here as I tallied up the people. But Let's let's start with some of the other interesting players um, that were mentioned. Jamar Chase. Uh, did come up with at least from at least one texter from the four four Oh, while not a position of need, I'd love to see the Buckeyes offense with Jamar Chase, Chase and Olave on the outside with Wilson in the slot is going to be overwhelming for any team outside of Clemson, LSU or Bama. That's kind of, I think I said that. So, um, I'd like that. I like that way of thinking, right? I mean, I like adding to strength because again, there's not huge holes in this Ohio state team. Um, I appreciated this answer from the 419. I don't know players from other teams. I am thoroughly disappointed in you three for wasting time talking about players from other teams. I didn't sign up for this. You told me I wouldn't have to know players from other teams. I want my 3.99 dollars refunded. Anyway, I think the obvious answer is Travis Etienne. Buckeyes need a foreshore running threat, and this hurts the most threatening opponent Ohio-, opponent Ohio State has. I don't think there's another option. So always appreciate the people who uh, agree with me about not knowing players on other teams. Let's see. Devious. God, I also love just hardcore. Just deviousness. Two people are just stealing Wolverines. From the 419, I like this idea. Nico Collins for me. Similar to Nathan, but the game I want the most is the game, and it should be the game all Buckeyes fans want the most. There is no Clemson. There is no playoff there's no Big 10 championship without that game. I don't care what the last 17 years show. We always need this game to matter most. And it saddens me seeing fans disrespecting the rivalry. Taking Collins hurts, you know, you know who and provides us with a senior receiver to play opposite of Olave. Assuming Dylan McCaffrey stays healthy, I think their offense is even more capable this year of giving us problems. And you could even make the case that their offense passed the ball better than any team we faced last year, even with two first-round picks now in the secondary, in Ohio State secondary. That's where I like you guys, your picks. The, this person likes our secondary picks, but they are very interested in stealing Nico Collins from Michigan. And then we have, take Dylan McCaffrey, Michigan starting projected starting quarterback that's from the 214 not because we need him it would just be amazing to take their starting quarterback and have him ride the pine behind fields and two freshman quarterbacks stingley jr and hollander are undoubtedly better choices but benching mccaffrey is just funnier god ruthless Ugh. just uh ruthless uh dylan moses from alabama got a vote or two from the 312 Dylan Moses, Bama is probably going to win the SEC. Without him last year, Alabama's defense was not as good. So if we play Bama in the playoff, our run offense should be better. Um, they also think maybe ATN and Travis Lawrence are good picks. But I like that, right? I think you saw how let's linebacker, middle linebacker Dylan Moses, him being out, definitely did hurt Alabama a year ago. So keep hurting him. Uh, this person from the 3-2-1. The lazy answer is the top-rated quarterback in 2020. Number two would be the running back we lost to Texas. That's Bijan Robinson, the Arizona running back that picked Texas over Ohio State. Loyal Buckeye Talk listeners, so I don't know their names unless they are Buckeyes from the 3-2-1. Again, appreciate that. Bijan's interesting, right? I think Bijan's just different physically. He's young. But if he was on the 2020 Buckeyes, he'd be getting a lot of carries. and Then he'd he'd get to stick around, too. So that was the only person that benched Bijan. I thought that was pretty good. Patrick Sertain from Alabama is kind of like the Stingley option. He got four votes. Stingley got five. But Alabama probably legitimately, with Joe Burrow gone from LSU, Alabama is probably more of a legitimate playoff contender this year than, than LSU is. Even with Trey Summer in the fold, we're thin at running back. So maybe steal Najee Harris to further hamel, uh, hobble Bama's offense. Um, or maybe the answer is Patrick Sertain, Alabama corner, guy the Buckeyes whipped on in 2018. Uh, Sertain was on Ohio State's list. I think Sertain had Ohio State in his final five. But that, was, that guy's like a five-star recruit that picked Alabama. So sometimes you lose five-star recruits to Alabama. So again, the idea, right? SEC corners, but maybe even stealing a Bama player makes more sense. Uh, Sewell, the left tackle for Oregon, he got a couple votes. Uh, Another Patrick Sertain. Don't see a huge weakness in next year's roster from the 2-1-6, but I would take Patrick Sertain, the cornerback from Bama. Always good to add elite corners. And I'm I'm anticipating a matchup with Bama in the playoffs, so I'll take their best corner. P.S. Thanks to Nathan for discussing the ice cream maker. I'm getting one for my daughter for her birthday. She will love it and I'll get ice cream. That is excellent parenting. Um, all right. Let's get to the people that got really the brunt of the votes. There were four. Um some people are worried about the pass rush. So there were people who, who focused in on that part of it. We mentioned it. It wasn't our number one priority. But again, we've talked about the pass rush a lot for Ohio State. Not a lot of sure things, a lot of potential back on the 2020 defensive line. So they want um Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, from the 813. This person would I would take any of the defensive linemen from Clemson. Miles Murphy, Brian Brisey, etc. Bottom line is I think the pass rush will be this team's weakness, meaning Ohio State. Last year team's triple-team chase, and the rest of the line rarely got pressure. I am on that bandwagon, so I, I appreciate that vote. Kayvon Thibodeau for, from the four one two, 2 Oregon defensive end elite pass rusher should improve the defense as a whole, and it hurts Oregon for the Week 2 game. From the nine three seven, I would steal Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. It has nothing to do with the Buckeyes playing Oregon this season either. He's just an added, that's just an added bonus. He was the number two player in his class, and he flashed last year. He will almost certainly end up being a top 10 pick. And if he was a part of the Rushman, I think he would be one of those guys who raises the overall talent of the room. Um, that being said, I believe wholeheartedly in the guys at the end position this year. Uh, I need to write starting it, I need to start writing it down when I make bold predictions so there is proof. But during the Rose Bowl against USC in 2017, I was watching with some friends and I said, keep your eye on number two on the defense. That looks like Predator. He's the next great Ohio State defensive end in the making. Uh obviously Chase proved to be nothing but the truth. I've said the same thing about Zach Harrison, and I believe it fully. So that's from the 937, wanting Thibodeau, but believing in the guys the Buckeyes have. Uh, from the 216, um, I'll pick Thibodeau. You need a stud lineman. He would dominate with Larry Johnson. But uh, you could easily pick Micah Parsons, that person says, from the 937. Uh, once Alabama running back Najee Harris um, or Kayvon Thibodeau, best returning pass rusher in the country, replaces Chase, and we won't have to block him in week two. From the 3-3, I'll take Thibodeau from Oregon as he was flashing last year. I think it would improve the pass rush that I think is a bigger hole than the secondary. And it would hurt Oregon. And from the the 5-1-3, Stingley is a great answer, but for some reason, I have a good amount of faith in Cam Brown and Seven Banks. What I don't have as much faith in is who comprises Ohio State's edge edge rushers, mainly Tyreek Smith and Jonathan Cooper, where we just haven't seen the production needed to be serious threats off the edge. Zach Harrison has all the intangibles. He just needs to take a big step this coming season to stay on track. I think the Buckeyes will have to rely heavily on interior pressure. So I'm taking Kayvon Thibodeau. Kind of the same thinking with Nathan where it hurts the Ducks, but he had nine sacks as a freshman. Um, whereas comparison for a comparison, Chase Young and Zach Harrison had 3.5 sacks each their freshman years. So that's a lot of, lot, lot of interest in the pass rush. I I'm intrigued by it. And I think we'll keep talking about this offseason like – and we've talked about it a lot so far. The pass rush helps the secondary. The secondary helps the pass rush. Where would you rather go? But Thibodeau I think probably deserved a little more discussion than we gave it, which is why, you know, we rely on the text uh, subscribers to help us with this. But he was fourth. Top three clearly. 15 votes, 15 mentions for Trevor Lawrence with the devious steal the Clemson guy. 22 votes, mentions for Micah Parsons, the Penn State linebacker, who was a heavy Ohio State recruit and ended up at Penn State. 25 votes for Travis Atien, the Clemson running back. Some of the thoughts on Lawrence. From the 2-1-0, I'm going the sadistic route. 100% hurt and 0% help. Stealing Trevor Lawrence. That's double Justin's chances of winning the Heisman and knock Clemson out of the playoffs This also brings up the crazy question, would would Trevor Lawrence start on Ohio State over Justin Fields? Who wins the actual one-on-one position battle? Either way, I'm even more convinced now the only correct answer is Trevor Lawrence. And again, if you're just being sadistic, I I think I agree. From the 303, Ryan from Denver, easy choice, Trevor Lawrence. You make Clemson irrelevant and not not making the playoffs. Screw you, Dabo. That's in parentheses from Ryan and Denver. And Ohio State now has the backup insurance they need to make risky play calls with Fields. Side note, it would also help our young DBs in practice go against Trevor Lawrence. So Ryan and Denver is taking Trevor Lawrence. Won a national championship uh, as the starting quarterback as a freshman at Clemson. And now he will be Ohio State's scout team quarterback. Helping uh, Ryan Watts <laughs> figure out how to play DB. Micah Parsons, a lot of love. From Penn State, from the 361. Micah Parsons, I believe Penn State is the scariest game. Imagine Parsons, Pete Werner, and Baron Browning. Also, he's one of the only All Americans that Ohio State faces in the regular season. He'd also help against Clemson. From the 216. Hmm, won't be popular, but I wish Micah Parsons was a Buckeye. I know it was with weird circumstances he ended his recruiting at Ohio State, but he is a stud. Um, He's from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, so he sort of had a natural Penn State lean. Uh, this is the guy who had the weird thing where he visited Kirk Street um, on the set of game day, and he was accompanied – when he was on a visit at Ohio State, he was accompanied by an Ohio State staffer. That ended up being a secondary violation. It was kind of like a minor brush. You can't do that. Um, minor violation, but Ohio State as punishment – self-imposed we will no longer recruit Micah Parsons but honestly Ohio State had some questions about him and it was they weren't exactly punishing themselves i think as much as they were like sort of giving themselves an out on this guy and he's Penn State's best player so like he's a great player schools change their mind on guys or back off on guys for various reasons all the time but like he has played really really well at Penn State i just would argue with Parsons is adding a linebacker the best way to help this Ohio State team? Not because they don't—they couldn't maybe use some help at linebacker, uh, but is it a premium position like corner, like receiver, like pass rusher, like stealing a quarterback? I don't think so, but I get why people like Micah Parsons. From the 678, Micah Parsons, I believe he is by far the best player on Penn State, and he would be in the top four of Ohio State's defense. This will probably be our toughest game of the regular season. From the 4-3-2, my pick would have to be Micah Parsons. I would add him to our roster to help our linebackers in our front four. Micah would help against stopping the run, but I think he would be used really well for blitz packages, which would help getting pressure on quarterbacks. This would also take away Penn State's main playmaker on defense. From the 614, Micah Parsons, obviously a near miss in recruiting. Parsons is the explosive addition to the middle layer of the Ohio State defense that has been lacking in recent years and was exposed by the likes of Iowa, Purdue, Oklahoma, and Clemson. What happened to the days of college stars and high draft picks for Ohio State linebackers? Seems like that ended with Raekwon McMillan and Jerome Baker. Malik Harrison was solid and Baron Browning has had his moments. But you cannot convince me that either Pete Werner or Tuff Borland would start for elite programs like Clemson, Bama, LSU or Georgia. I get that they are good enough to beat up on inferior competition in the Big Ten, but without a seek and destroy athletic blue chip pro prospect like Parsons patrolling the middle, I have little faith Ohio State could win in the playoff. That's Brian from the 614, really valuing linebacker from the 740, Micah Parsons, best linebacker in the country. Difference maker in every game would also hurt Penn State. So here's the thing. Like, right, I don't consider, a lot of people don't consider linebacker as much of an elite position, a game changing position, but to the point that was just made, I have mentioned in the past. You go back, linebacker issues have hurt Ohio State in their losses. The li- the Iowa loss in 2017 is linebacker city. Linebacker city, those tight ends, Woo! and we've covered that. And I guess I can't rail against Bill Davis and then say linebackers don't matter. So actually some of those Parsons votes are swinging me a little bit on that. Um, because I do think athletically he would help in the middle of that defense. I don't think either Tuff Borland nor Taraja Mitchell are on a par athletically with what Michael Parsons is. Uh Barron Browning might be Pete Warner's a good athlete, but I think if you if you put Parsons in there, he'd he'd be the best linebacker on this team. And that's not a shot at any Ohio State linebacker. But number one, Travis ATN. There were some people that were kind of torn. Um this person in the six one four said would you maybe do Noah Kane, the Penn State running back? Micah Parsons hurts Penn State, who I think is the toughest Big Ten challenge, but in the national picture, it's Travis ATN. I think the D has enough guys with potential, and we've highly recruited there that we could have hidden stuns on that, studs on that side of the ball, but ATN hurts a title contender at a position that is the biggest question mark for Ohio State. From the 614, another person, if you're really going to go with just hurting the other team, the only answer is Trevor Lawrence, um, but... More so, I would take either Travis ATN because Trey Sermon is somewhat of a question mark, or Micah Parsons out of Penn State, give the defense some more experience. So, obviously, some people torn there. Um, from the 405, said big names Micah Parsons, Caden Stearns from Texas as a safety, Penny Sewell from Oregon, or Travis ATN. But a lot of love for ATN. From the 614, This was interesting. They liked uh, Derek Stingley, as we mentioned, as Steven and I mentioned. I wanted to give another pick with good reason, however, other than Stingley. My first thought was ATN from Clemson. That would go to Nathan's idea of hurting a possible opponent. Then it hit me. I want to beat Clemson at full strength. So I decided against that. Because of that, my second vote, if I got one, would be Chuba Hubbard who also came up a couple times from people. He got four votes, dynamic and proven running back. So this person doesn't want to steal ATN because he wants to beat ATN, but plenty of others would be happy to take Travis ATN from the 619. I think that Trey Sermon will be solid and could possibly garner some All-Big Ten accolades, but ATN in our wide open offense with one of the best O-lines in the country would probably come close to 2,000 yards just like JK. From the 559, ATN, I think he might be a better running back than Dobbins. And we saw what Dobbins did in Day's offense with Justin Fields. And we all know what the running back room looks like right now. Honorable mention Micah Parsons, again from the 559. From the 330, Doug, this is easy. Travis ATN from Clemson. Imagine his home run ability with Justin Fields. The possibilities are endless. From the five one three, Nathan has the right idea in stealing people, but the wrong team. Take the Clemson running back. That's Matt in California. And from the 2-5-0, I think this is a no brainer. How can you not go with Travis ATN? So that's a, who you guys would steal. It's an interesting look, but it's it's a look at an interesting look at what you guys. Because Trevor Lawrence is just devious. The Michigan guys are just devious. But if you're going Thibodeau, you're mo- you're worried most about Ohio State's pass rush. If you're going Corner, like Stingley or Sertain, you're worried about the corners behind Wade. If you're going Micah Parsons, you're worried about that middle level of the Ohio State defense. And if you're going Travis Etienne, you're worried most about the running back room. So I don't think anyone's like super crazily worried about anything, but those are your spots. And we all know it. A couple extra, an extra corner, an extra pass rusher, an extra linebacker, and an extra running back. I think those are four very interesting spots. So always appreciate that discussion. Always fun when we get you guys chipping in. So again, if you want to be part of that, try the texts. Let's go now to the second part of the food bracket. We are working our way through the other 32, the two other regions. We'll decide 16 matchups here. And that will get us down to 32 overall fast food and fast casual restaurants. And then we'll do the second round on later podcasts. But this is finishing up what we started on Friday Our fast food breakdown, Nathan, Stephen, and I, right after this on Buckeye Talk. All right, back with the food bracket. If you guys missed it on Friday, we did a very heavy nonsense pod where we leaned on this food bracket that was put out by a fast food bracket from Barstool. um, And we did the first half of it. It just, it it takes long. I mean, this is is fast food. This is not messing around time. Um, Just because it's fast food and fast casual doesn't mean it's a fast conversation. So we did the first half of that bracket. You can find it if you Google Barstool Sports and 2020 and Fast Food Bracket. You'll find it. Guy put it out on Twitter. We're now going to do the second half of the bracket. We'll try to go a little faster than we did last time. Um, this is the Bag of Fries region, which I think is a good name for a region. The one seed is Five Guys. The 16 seed is Roy Rogers, Steven.
0: Five Guys, easily. You I don't like even know f- what Roy Rogers is.
2: Roy I Rogers. Love five guys. Roy Rogers, I definitely ate in childhood. It's kind of like a, kind of like a chicken, like a KFC kind of knockoff, but I think they also have burgers if I remember. So you, but you love Five Guys, right, Stephen? I I do. It's very
0: expensive, but and it's greasy and it's it's the burger is fantastic, and they just the the way they do the fries is the way I think all fast food places should do fries. Put it all in a cup put the cup in the bag, and then put some more in the bag. So it's overflowing with fries.
2: I do think you make a good point, Stephen. I do think price should factor into this a little bit, right? Because Five Guys is a lot more expensive than McDonald's. So I think you factor that all in. But obviously, Five Guys is very popular. They're the one seat here. Roy Rogers, the 16. Nathan, where are you? I'm voting for Five Guys, but I do not love Five Guys the way
1: that some people love Five Guys. If I had a choice between going to Wendy's or Five Guys to get basically the same burger, I'm going to Wendy's because it's half as expensive and just as good.
2: I also don't like Five Guys that that much. I would almost vote, vote for Roy Rogers, but I'm not even sure Roy Rogers exists. I ate it like on the Pennsylvania Turnpike when I was like 11. I'm not sure it exists, so I can't vote for it, but I am not a huge Five Guys fan. Eight, nine game. Eight is Portello's. Is that right? What am I looking at? portillo's you don't know what portillo's, portillo's is all right explain i don't portillo's know what it
1: is either is. so it's, yeah oh, well portillo's is a chicago um it started in the chicago chicago suburbs but like a beef and sausage place they have one in merrillville so i thought maybe doug you might have gone there okay you worked in northwest indiana but they've they've expanded now there was one in indy they're kind of all over the place probably a matter of time before there's one in polaris or something
2: hot beef so nathan what's your vote the nine seed it's up against is zaxby's which is the uh southern version of canes although i know canes is everywhere um chicken finger better version of canes so nathan what's your vote are you going portellos nathan
1: yeah people may ever mentioned, remember a few uh several weeks ago i mentioned the beef crawl that my fantasy baseball league does every year when we're in chicago for that and uh I'm it, it. Yeah, it's it's Portillo's. That was it, it was one time was a member of the beef crawl or made it made a brief appearance um one of the years. And uh, but we stopped there whenever we can. All right, Stephen.
0: Zaxby's without question. It's the better version of Cane's. It's better chicken. It's, it's still just chicken fingers and fries, but it's just a better version of what Cane's is. And it's only in the south.
2: The well, thing that I just, like about Zaxby's is that you can get, like, sauces on the fingers. Yeah. So, like, you can get, like, a buffalo sauce on the, the plain finger. You can go plain finger if you want. They also have salads there. I actually am a big Zaxby's backer. So you are going down, Nathan. Apologize to Portillo's, and it's crawling beef. But Zaxby's is the winner there. Four 4 is Pizza Hut. 13 is Firehouse Subs. I love Pizza Hut. I'm going Pizza Hut. I love yeah. Pizza Hut. I'm not going to apologize for it. I like the thin and crispy. I like the pan. I love the breadsticks. I, at times, have lived on the lunch buffet. When I worked, I had an internship in Roanoke, Virginia, in college, When I, the fall of my junior year. And part of it, I had to work on the copy desk at night. And I would wake up late. Go to Pizza Hut Buffet, eat my weight in Pizza Hut Buffet, and then they make myself like a peanut butter sandwich for dinner. So I've lived on Pizza Hut Buffet. Much respect. I go Pizza Hut. Steven. Pizza Hut. I miss
0: the sit-down restaurants that Pizza Hut used to have. There used to be one by my house growing up that my dad and I would go to all the time, but that's nostalgic stuff. Pizza Hut, I love their stuffed crust. It's that it's just the great it's one of the greatest pizzas I've ever had from a national chain of pizzas. So pizza 100%.
1: Nathan, if I could bottle the smell of Pizza Hut somehow. Like there's nothing smells like a Pizza Hut. And uh I'm with you. I really love the thin crust too. I know people are are big pan pizza um and but I, I love their thin crust. And I also want to say as long as cuz why would we do this if we can't also um attack the the bad food on this list i do not understand firehouse so, like i don't understand why it's a thing i don't understand people who would go there over literally any other sandwich restaurant it's not good i don't get it i don't get it
2: i think firefighters eat it so i respect firefighters but i don't want it i will say the pizza hut breadsticks as much as uh, i love uh the goasis halfway between columbus and cleveland on i-71 my favorite snack there is the three piece breadstick from the pizza hut that is in the goasis a three piece breadstick and it comes like in a little sleeve with the hot marinara sauce to dip it in that might be the best snack that you could eat in your life so love you pizza hut i think you have a chance to make a run here 512 5 is bojangles 12 is noodles and company nathan
1: so i've never eaten at a bojangles um but i i know what it is and i respect that much more than I respect what it is that Noodles and Company tries to serve you, so I'm voting Bojangles. Steven?
0: Bojangles is too low in this bracket to be. It shouldn't be a five seed. That's a top three seed easily. Bojangles. What do you like about Bojangles? I like the bit the um the biscuit sandwich that they have with their breakfast. Like I've only had it two times when I went to North Carolina for college visits, and it's probably the greatest like breakfast like sandwich i've ever had in my life
2: my children love noodles and company so i will vote for noodles and company not wholeheartedly <laughs> but uh it's like one of their favorite places to go they want to go to noodles and company constantly and i'm always like i'll get something else but i still would vote for noodles but bojangles advances Six 6 is jack in the box what is 11 i can't read it pbq what is it pdq what is it i'm gonna look it up i don't know i'm looking it up to see what it is all right well Nate while Stephen's looking it up, I'll I'll say Jack in the Box. I don't love it, but they have everything, right? They have tacos and hamburgers and french fries. So I respect the variety. I'll go Jack in the Box. Nathan?
1: I've actually never eaten at either one of these. So um I'm gonna I I won't wait to hear what Stephen actually says about what PDQ is, because I'll <laughs> I might vote based <laughs> on which one I <laughs>
0: It's a chicken place, and they have tenders and nuggets and waffle fries. So basically, it's like a Chick-fil-A.
1: Oh, well, then I have to vote for Jack in the Box. <laughs>
0: oh. Steven, who would you vote for? Yeah, I'm going to go with Jack in the Box. This looks like a,
1: you know, off-brand Chick-fil-A.
2: Not impra- yeah, that's a good it's one. Off-brand Chick-fil-A goes down hard. <laughs> yeah.
0: The only three, yeah, the only
2: thing that it's probably good for is the fact it's probably open on Sundays. That's their only spelling point. Yeah. Well that, that matters. Um three fourteen. Popeyes is three. Schlotsky's is fourteen, Steven. Popeyes. And not because of the chicken sandwich.
0: That's like been the most overrated thing in the last six months that has happened. But Popeyes is still quality chicken. I like the chicken tender plate that they have there.
2: Popeye's all the way. Nathan.
1: I tend to regret going to Popeye's and I tend to really miss getting to eat at Schlotsky's deli. So I'm taking Schlotsky's.
2: I thought, I thought we might get a Nathan passionate rant about why Schlotsky's yeah. is so great. I just thought maybe that'd be a Nathan Baird favorite. You enjoy it, but you're not I, stumping for it.
1: Well, here's the thing. Like they had one when I lived in Danville, Illinois, they had one there for like a hot, like a year. It was kind of an in and out thing. And so I had it a few times, and then I had it last year on some trip I took somewhere. Maybe it was – I can't remember which – which or maybe it was when I was still covering Purdue. I can't remember, but I had it somewhere. I think it was somewhere on the way to Nashville or Louisville. Good I story. can't remember. Good story. But anyway, I had like, it was <laughs> – like it came out of like nowhere. I'm like, oh, my God, there's just Slotsky's Deli. Like I hadn't seen one in, in literally like 15, 20 years. So I'm wondering if maybe I remember – something more than what it actually is, but I'm not a huge fan of Popeye's. So I'm going Schlotzky's.
2: I do think I'm going Popeye's as well. Uh, I think the Cajun tenders at Popeye's are tremendous. I am a big, I get that a lot. The biscuits are really good. Um, There's a Popeye's next. Have I at the Goasis gotten like Popeye's with like tenders, fries and a biscuit and then went next door to pizza hut and gotten a sleeve of breadsticks? Yes, I have. It is a wonderful combination. But I, I, I obviously enjoy Popeye's quite a bit. So Popeye's advances. Are you a
0: habitual, like, going to one restaurant to get one thing while getting another thing from a different restaurant type of guy?
2: Well, if they're next to each other. I mean, like, the food, at, at okay. a food court, like, this is the thing. It's like yeah, a food that's food what I mean. Oasis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I want to capitalize. If I'm in a food court situation, I want to capitalize on the best. Of all the places there, so I will get a sandwich from one place aside okay. from another, and then I will shop for the best drink value. If there's eight restaurants there, and someone has a large drink for one eighty nine, I will walk around to the other seven places to see if somebody has a large drink for one sixty nine, and then get it from their place. So I am a big proponent Jeez. of one <laughs> food court, three trays, one man, one meal. I'm all I'm about a, that. I'm a three tray show. Reader
1: put in to save twenty cents. This is a show. Oh, half an away. hour? I don't know. You need to pitch this <laughs> show
0: to
2: some network. You need to pitch the show wow. you need to pitch this show to a network. Seriously. There is yeah, like find the best it's kinda like uh, like the shopping shows where you have to like run through yeah. the aisle with a shopping cart. I'm like that with trays in my hand. Trying yeah, to I wanna, the best deal. I
1: want to watch this here. You're walking around with a slice of Sabaro in one hand and a plate of fried rice from panda in the other hand and just balancing them while you look at the menu prices for yeah, to see where you can save a nickel on a diet coke.
2: Now I'm having now you're making me sad about coronavirus cuz now I want to do that and I can't go to the mall and do that. <laughs> That's all I want to do. Well, in time. Is exactly that picture that you just painted for everyone. That's me. 710 Long John Silvers is the 10. Wingstop is uh, excuse me, Long John Silvers is the 7. Wingstop is the 10. I think Wingstop is an actual fast food wing place. They're actually not that fast, so they trick you a little bit. But places like mm-hmm. Rooster's and other places that I think have better <clears> wings <throat> are really a sit-down restaurant that do have takeout. Wingstop is designed to be a takeout restaurant for wings and boneless wings, and their fries are pretty good. I like Wingstop a lot. They actually just put one by Ohio State's campus. I am. I think it's a good model, you know, that they're not expecting you to sit and eat the wings. It's come get them and take them home. Uh, Wings Over is a place that does that too. But I really like Wingstop, so I'm going with them. Steven.
0: I like Wingstop as well, but I also am just not the biggest fan of seafood. So Wingstop has to win for me.
2: I think some people, my wife loves Long John Silver's. I think it's a hate or love kind of place. Nathan, where are you? Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I hate myself for loving it, if that's what you mean.
2: Oh, that's uh, the but best yeah, I would, possible. I would.
1: <laughs> I would vote for Long Johns here. I mean that was I grew up on Long Johns, hush puppies, chicken planks, all those little crumbly things. Like if you could just get like a trash bag full of the little like crumbly things of from that fall off of the batter onto the bottom of the trays. Um yeah, I I love Long Johns. But I never eat there because I'm trying to stay under six hundred pounds.
2: It's one of those things. You are either a person who wants to eat fast food fish or you're not a person who wants to eat fast food fish. Yeah. I feel like it's a definitive no. line. I don't know that anybody has ever said like, eh, yeah, I guess I could eat Long John Silver's. So it's always like, ooh, go to Long John Silver's or like, good God, no, I'll go anywhere else. Um, so I think Stephen and I are on the wrong side of the fish argument there. So Long I, I John can't Silver's imagine, goes down. I can't imagine working at
1: a Long John Silver's. Your 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 entire just soul must be it saturated like
2: with it. oil. You'd have fish in your, in your pores forever. Yeah. Just oil. Yeah. Just, ugh. And then but, the thing I don't like about Long God John Silvers is I don't want the fish, but sometimes, like, when my wife has gotten the Long John Silvers, I'll have some of her fries, and I think the fries taste like fish.
1: Well, it's all just fried in the same oil, yeah. I know. It's, yeah. yeah. Get so, the chicken planks. The chicken planks are good.
2: I bet you they taste like fish, though. Um, all right, the yeah, 215, man. the 2 is in and out. The 15 is Baja Fresh Steven.
0: But um, I was like researching Baja Fresh while y'all were going on that tangent It's a Mexican restaurant. Um, I'm gonna go with In-N-Out, but not you know, you know, excited about it because I had In-N-Out while we were in Arizona and it was just okay. But I would take that over the Baja Fresh place.
1: Nathan. Yeah, I'm going In-N-Out.
2: Yeah, I mean this is gonna be they, they set up the showdown like this. I think there's some people are Five Guys people, some people are In-N-Out people. Uh, Five Guys yeah. is the one here. In-N-Out's the two. I think Baja Fresh is good. Again, it's on the list with all the fast casual Mexican places, but I like in and out, so I'm going in and out. So in and out as the two-seat advances, hopping now to the Dave Thomas region. The number 1 seat obviously is Wendy's, founded in Columbus. Wendy's is the one Wiener Schnitzel is the 16, Nathan.
1: I uh, love Wiener Schnitzel, but I'm going Wendy's. It's just it it might be my favorite to win this thing. Wendy's is is
2: Wiener strong. Is Wiener Schnitzel like hot, is that hot dogs? Yes. Okay. Wendy's. Wendy's for me. I think Wendy's speaks for itself. We'll get into Wendy's later. Wendy's advances. The eight nine is eight Sonic. Nine is what is that? Chicken is Rallies Checkers. Oh, checkers Rally's and Rallies and Checkers. Yeah. That's they're very similar. Sonic versus Checkers and Rallies. Is it like do, does it matter who wins? Steven, who's your vote? <laughs> It, yes, it's Rallies.
0: Check Sonic is where you sit outside and order your meal, and it's almost like a, a drive-in restaurant. While Rallies is just a normal drive thru But Rallies, the, the first of all, curly fries, top-tier fries, and the burgers, the Big Beef is a solid burger.
2: If I'm not mistaken, I think there are not that many Rallies left in the world, but there's one in Columbus.
0: There is. There's one on one sixty-one.
2: Yeah. Um, all right. So that's a Rallies voted by Stephen Nathan. There's also a rallies on
1: at the corner of College Avenue and 38th in Indianapolis that I drove by many, 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 many times and never went to. I've never actually been to a rallies, um, but I'm, I'm voting for Sonic uh, just because I like those commercials too.
2: Yeah, boy. It's like I could not care less about who wins this.
1: Uh, <laughs> they're going to get destroyed by Wendy's. And it's, like, yeah, it's like who wins are. the 8-9 game and then plays Duke.
2: So I thought Steven seemed a little more excited about rallies than Nathan did about Sonic. So I'll go with Steven and vote for rallies. But yeah, we know what's gonna happen next. Four thirteen. This one's gonna create some drama. Four is Shake Shack, thirteen is Swenson's, and if you are a certain type of person who lives in Ohio, you think that Swenson's should win the whole thing here. So I'm not in the mood to get into like a debate with Swenson's truthers, but we know you're out there. Uh, Stephen, you start. You're an Ohio native, the only one of the three of us who grew up in Ohio. Where are you on the Shake Shack Swensons? I'm gonna go Shake Shack.
0: Swensons is not that good. I'm not getting into a debate though, so I don't please don't come, don't text us and have your thesis about Swensons or tweet at me about your thesis on Swensons. It's a decent burger. I don't like the fact – the first time I ever went is when I was at Kent State, and I didn't realize that they run at you when you come out into the parking lot. So oh, yeah, I kind of tightened up. Yeah, so I like I got a little fearful when some random guy just started running at me at my car, and I hadn't even all the way parked yet. But it's not that good of a burger to
2: be hyped up this much. So Shake Shack. Nathan. What is Swinsons? It's – uh, it's like a big Akron place. It's it's burger. They have a, a burger called the Galley Boy that has, like, special sauces on it and stuff. But it uh, they just put one in, in Columbus as well. Um, yeah. It was, like, a big deal that it came to Columbus. But in Northeast Ohio, people swear by it. So it's a burger place that they wear, like, old-timey 50s paper hats. And you sit – like Sonic, you sit in your car, and they come out and take your order. But it's burgers.
0: But there's no, no skates, so you don't realize that they're doing that if you've never been. It's just – but they do sprint. so. Yeah, they sprint dead at you.
1: Well, I'm it, more intrigued by what you guys are saying about Swenson's than I am about what I actually end up paying for at Shake Shack. So I'm voting for Swenson's.
2: Nathan, there's one off Polaris by the Top Golf in Columbus okay. um, near my house. So I should, would suggest that if you're intrigued, you come check it out. I'm going to go Shake Shack. Uh, so Shake Shack advances. Um, no offense to Swenson's people. Uh, I understand why you like it, but I don't. 512. Very similar matchup. Well, not similar, but one of them is. 5 5 is Steak and Shake. 12 is Wings Over, and I had mentioned Wings Over before. Nathan, where are you on this five twelve? Steak and Shake all day. Steven? Steak and Shake, and the Milkshake is what the thing that puts them over the top for me. So Steak and Shake is the great, like my daughter goes to it. It's like the high school hangout place that's open late. It is. after mm-hmm. It's the place to go after a high school football game or after a, a play yep. or something like, everybody needs that. And at least in my town, like this is the place to go. So I have much respect for any place that will serve you a burger, fries and a milkshake at two o'clock in the morning. And I think their baked beans are really good. I get their the chili is good. Every time my kids get the chicken fingers. So I actually like wings over a lot. I actually like wings over more than I like wing stop. Um, but steak and shake has a strong place and it's, in it's, Sort of in the marketplace of what it is. So I will also go uh, steak and shake advancing as the five seed. 611, Raising Canes versus 11 Del Taco. And again, for people in the Columbus area, I think, and I know Raising Canes started in Louisiana. It's very big in Columbus. I think a lot of Columbus people would put Raising Canes higher than a six seed. So this 611, Nathan, where are you?
1: Uh, yeah, it's Canes. Steven? It has to be
0: Canes. One, because it's my diet during the football season. But two, I'm from Columbus
2: and I have to swear by Canes. Yeah, Canes Canes has a shot to make a run here as a six-seed. Canes all the way. Three is KFC versus 14 Blimpy. I think KFC can sometimes be looked at as cliche. I think you can fall in love with places like Chick-fil-A and Canes that have come along more lately and do chicken, but do it in a little bit of a different way. I think KFC is still pretty good. I think the wedges are good. The the mashed potato option as a side is pretty good. I like that you can get tenders or you can get the whole pieces of chicken, which nobody else really offers. I mean, Popeye's does, I guess, too. But, I, I mean, there's so many there's so many challengers to KFC, but KFC kind of started it all. I, just out of respect, I'll give it to KFC. But I do go to KFC. With all the options that there are, I will swing by KFC every now and then. Steven? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm never going to KFC ever again in my life. And there used to be – there's not Blimpy in Columbus anymore, but they used to be here. I'm going to go with Blimpy.
1: I wish Blimpy were matched up with a different three um, because I really like Blimpy too, but I'm going to go with KFC just because I can go there and get real food. I can go there and get an actual piece of chicken and get vegetables. Um, it doesn't always have to be fried potatoes and um, processed stuff.
2: All right, seven ten. I think we know how this is going to go. Skyline Chili, the seven. Yeah. Qdoba, the ten. Again, there's just this list of fast casual Mexican places. The matchup matters a lot for those places. Um, Nathan, Skyline Qdoba, seven ten.
1: I I gotta go with uh, Friday's guest and um, and and
2: go with Skyline. Steven? you gotta need help. Qdoba. Yeah, I think Steven and I would vote for whoever was against Skyline. <laughs> literally. I, literally. I, I think Qdoba's good because, like, Chipotle, they don't have a quesadilla on the menu. You can order a quesadilla at Chipotle. though; they'll, they'll make it for you. The Qdoba If has, it's oh, not busy. Oh, I've never had an issue with Chipotle making me a quesadilla. Oh, okay. But they do have to press it. It does mm-hmm. take some time. Qdoba has the quesadilla on the menu. I like the salsa there. I like the quesadilla option. So. My Qdoba vote isn't only an anti-Skyline vote. It is also a pro-Qdoba vote, and Skyline goes down. Last matchup on this side of the bracket, Taco Bell 2, El Pollo Loco, which is from Breaking Bad, as the 15. I know that's not really true, but that's the whatever, the Chicken Brothers. Have you eaten El Pollo Loco, Nathan? I have never had it. I have not. I've done
1: crystal meth, but I've never eaten El
2: Pollo Loco. Next up on our list of Buckeyes Talk (laughs) (laughs) slogans, I've done crystal meth, but I've never eaten El Pollo Loco. So you're going Taco Bell then?
1: Yeah, yeah, Taco Bell is is a classic choice here.
2: Steven?
0: It's a classic choice to ruin your stomach, but I'm still going Taco Bell.
2: Yeah, it's not a very wholehearted Taco Bell for me. I almost. Do you guys eat Taco Bell ever at dinner time?
1: What I was going to say, I think no. Taco Bell, in the a generation from now, they're going to be asking about Taco Bell what we ask now about White Castle. Because I feel like White Castle used to be yeah. a bigger deal in like the 60s, 70s, 80s, and then it just faded behind because the food is kind of crap. So now I think as Taco Bell is going to get pushed back, now that you've got all this other fast, casual kind of Mexican-ish food coming out, not necessarily authentic, but neither is Taco Bell – um i think taco bell is getting pushed back down into like the the discount level and um it's going to be for when you're drunk or um just cruising late at night and it's the only thing it's open all right so it's talking, there
2: already. Yeah, yeah yeah that's the thing it, it might be there already it's a little yeah, yeah. two seed i get why it's a two seed um but i think it's going to be in trouble soon all right so we've done the entire first round 32 fast food and fast casual restaurants have advanced in our bracket We'll sprinkle this in going forward. We're not gonna try to drive you nuts. We're trying to have a little fun. I think a lot of you enjoy talking about fast food because it brings people together and it fits our palate. So um, thanks for hanging with us. Little nonsense on the back half of this pod. Again, coming up Wednesday, big, 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 big. Oregon preview. You are not going to want to miss this, okay? So please gear yourself up. I think most of you, Plan if maybe every now and then you miss one of the daily pods Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I think you load up for bear with us on Wednesday. You are really going to want to make sure you listen. We're going to have an Oregon beat writer on, and we are going to kidnap him and make him talk to us for as long as we want and give you everything you could possibly want to know about Ohio State's week two opponent. Um, So that's coming up. Drop the reviews on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're reading cleveland.com/slash/osu for constant Ohio State news. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, so you don't miss one, and try the text, 14-day free trial, 3 dollars a month, 614-350-3315. That's it for this Monday podcast for Buckeye Talk. For Stephen Means and Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk.